Okay, so we're up to the Gemara and Daflamadalat Amid Bez. We're up to Amr Shmuel. It's six lines from the bottom. So the halacha is that anytime a woman lives with someone else, she has to wait three months before she goes back to her husband because we're afraid if she's pregnant, we don't want there to be a confusion between who's the father. So if you wait three months, you'll know if she's pregnant. Most people show after three months. So it says, All women that live with someone else have to wait three months before they go back to their husband, in general. That means a divorcee, a woman who had relations, whatever it is. Now the halacha is ketanis, right? Children, girls under the age of bat mitzvah, they can't become pregnant anyway. But we're going to see in a moment, most times... If a girl under that age lived with someone, we're going to be machmer that she has to wait three months because of a gazera. We just want to keep it uniformed. Except, giyiris and a mishukharis katana. A non-Jewish slave that's under the age of our mitzvah and a giyiris under the age of our mitzvah, we don't assume, oh, you know, she probably lived with someone right before she converted. I'm stumbling out this. We're going to see. First of all, she's a katana. Also, she's converting. She wants to obviously be from. You know, that's the whole point. She doesn't want to be pregnant with a non-Jewish kid when she's converting. So the point is, a giyayr shechus katana doesn't uh, doesn't require waiting three months. Avol katana bas yisrael. That means that a girl under the age of bat mitzvah who's Jewish does have to wait three months. Now, what's the case? There's three situations that a girl can be under the age of bat mitzvah and live with someone. First of all, she could be married, and then do mian. She meaning how is she remarrying? Right? She could do married. She could be married and do mian. She could be married and get divorced, or she could just be living with a guy. One of these cases requires uh, her to wait three months before she marries the second husband. So the Gemara says, What's the case? If it's where she was married, and then she ended her first marriage by Mian, Shmuel holds you don't have to wait three months in such a situation, because Mian is such a rare circumstance, and she's under the age, she can't become pregnant anyway. It's like... like it's fine. Like, we're going to make gezera to gezera to gezera to gezera. And he beget, and if she got divorced, she didn't go through me, and she just got divorced under the age of bat mitzvah, which is possible, right? She could just get divorced. Marriage can just end through divorce. So if the marriage ends through divorce, then you do have to wait three months because we're afraid that people will get confused between a young divorcee and an older divorcee. <coughs> I have a question. Yeah. I thought if she didn't want to be with the husband, there's no divorce. She just leaves. is he doesn't want to be with her. Meaning me and she doesn't want to be with him. Divorce. Or, by the way, or it could be a case where her father married her off. Me and is only if the mother married her off. So if the father married her off, then you need a divorce. But or a divorce is just he, the husband, ended it. So the Gemara says, So what's the case? Meaning Shmuel said that a girl under the age of bar mitzvah has to wait three months. The question is, what's the case? If it's me and no, she doesn't. If it's get, we already know that she does. So says the Gemara, go to the next Amid. El Biznus, the Gazer Abana Katana, Mishum Gedaila, the case is Nus. In the case is she had relations. Stama, girl had relations under the age of Bar Mitzvah. So why would she have to wait three months? She might be pregnant. I, she can't become pregnant. Yeah, but we're afraid that if we allow her to marry within three months, then in a girl older Bar Mitzvah, will marry three months. And we're not Gazer, the Gazer Abana Katana, Mishum Gedaila. We were Gazer, a girl under the age of Bar Mitzvah, lest it lead to a girl above the age of Bar Mitzvah. Now the Gemara asks a question, do we make such a gazeris for a child to an adult? But what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah had a halacha that you had the two wives that were swapped, right, under the chuppah. Right, the two wives that were swapped under the chuppah, so the halacha is they have to wait three months before they go back to their husband, unless they're under bat mitzvah. If they're under bat mitzvah, they can't, be, they can't get pregnant anyway. 
So why aren't we concerned, Katana, lest you, meaning, over there we're not Goyzer, Katana, Otu Gedoyla. We just say, ah, she's a Katana, she's not going to come pregnant, go back to her husband right away. What's the difference? Why over here, by regulars, nos of a girl, Stama, a single girl under the age of Bat Mitzvah, lives with someone, you can't get married for three months. Because we're Goyzer, you, lest you become, lest we, you know, even though she can't become pregnant, but if she was older, she could, and we want to just keep it uniform. But in our Mishnah, with the swap of the wives thing, we make a separation between Katana and Gedayla. So why is that? By our Mishnah, we make a separation between Katana and Gedayla. Katana is Mutter Gedayla's officer, but by Znus, we're not. So the Gemara is going to say very simply, the case of swapping the two wives is a very rare circumstance, and it's not something that happens. Single girls living with men happens all the time. So it's just a matter of um, how frequent is this occurrence. So the Gemara says, The case of the Mishnah with the two wives swap with the two husbands, the reason why we're leaning by children is because Now, means it's an emergency. Now, the problem, the Gemara just has a quick point. The problem with is that implies that it actually happened. Pashtas, when you read our Mishnah, it never actually happened. Right? means it was like, hey, it was an emergency psak from like a rov. Our mission doesn't sound like it actually happened. Our mission sounds more like academic. Two wives, two sisters, two brother-in-laws swapped. Like the Gemara says, it ever happened? No. No, it means that it's like an emergency situation, meaning that it's it's rare. Point is, the case of our mission, the reason why we're not Geyser, Katana, Atu Gedayla, is because it's incredibly rare. Because it's incredibly rare, we'll be lenient. But when it comes to a girl under the age of Amitzah who just lives with someone, that happens all the time. So we're going to say that she can't get married for three months because we're afraid, lest it lead to an adult and she might become pregnant. And that's why. Ruben Shimon, she's just married, but they married the wrong ones. Ruben dies. Ruben, does he have to wait three months? That's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a good child. I'm going to have to check that out. That's a good child. Lishna Achrina. Some have a different version. Shmuel said, any woman who lives with someone else cannot get married for three months. Except for an adult Giyaris, an adult freed slave. Meaning, if you have a non-Jewish woman that converts as an adult, and you have a, non, a non-Jewish slave that becomes freed and becomes Jewish, the halacha is both those women do not have to wait three months. We're confident they're not pregnant. We're going to have to figure out why, because like, wh- why are you confident that a, a non-Jewish slave is not pregnant? So the Gemara is going to explain that those women, because they don't want to become pregnant, they will do maneuvers internally that will make sure that the, the baby, they'll, they'll not get an abortion, but they'll, they'll terminate the pregnancy. Either they'll live with a contraception or there was a method to turn your body over after living that the, like the zera drop, drips out, whatever that means. The point is they will make sure they're not pregnant. But that's what Shmuel says. The Gemara is going to address this later on. But says Shmuel, according to this version, a girl under the age of Bat Mitzvah does not need to wait three months if she lived with someone, even Znus, because we're not concerned, we're not geyser, a child, or to in a gedayla. Bimai, what case is Shmuel talking about? Ibe and Hamer Shmuel Chadazimna, Ibe Ged Hamer Shmuel Debayi. Meaning, what, when Shmuel said that a child under the age of Amitzah does not need to wait three months, what was he referring to? If she was married and she ended it with me and she doesn't have to, we already know this. If she ended it with a get, she does have to. So, what was he referring to? And the Gemara says, uh, we're going to see it's Nus. The cases where it was a girl under the age of Amitzah just lived with her boyfriend. 
Znos, and we don't require her to wait three months because she became become pregnant. I, if she was an adult, we would. We're not concerned. We're not geyser. A child ought to a gedol. Znos katan A girl under the age of mitzvah to live with her boyfriend is not common, and therefore they were not geyser. Now the Gemara says, Here's the kasha. You have an adult woman who converted, and you have a non-Jewish slave that becomes free. They don't have to wait three months. We're confident they're not pregnant. Why? She converted. She was a guy. Why? 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 How do you know what she did before she converted? Like, why aren't you concerned that she's pregnant? Maybe she lived with her boyfriend two weeks ago. That's the kasha. So the Gemara says, Yossi, When Rav Shmuel said that you don't have to wait three months. For a giyiris and for an adult non-Jewish slave that becomes free, he was following Rav Yosi. Rav Yosi Taka said, "I mean, it's not a kash on Shmuel. Shmuel's an Amora. He was following Rav Yosi. We still have to figure out why Rav Yosi said what he said, but Shmuel's just following Rav Yosi." Titania, hagiyiris v'ashvua v'ashivcha sheniftu v'shenizgairu v'shenistachru. If you have a non-Jewish slave that became, um, she was a captive and she was ransomed, or she became freed, or a non-Jewish woman that converted, Rav Yehuda says you have to wait three months. Which is, by the way, how we paskin. We had a case once. I'll, I'll tell you after. We had a whole mice. There was a person who who uh, who converted with his wife erev erev Pesach. And Rabbi Yasher said they have to wait three months before they could have yichud before they could live together. It was a whole complicated mess because she was a non-Jew. You know, maybe she's pregnant from him with a non-Jewish baby. It's an interesting matzah. So. Rav Yossi says, Rav Yossi Matir, Rav Yossi says, it's Motor Liaris Vilinasa Miyad. Rav Yossi says, we're not worried that she's pregnant. Now we're going to have to figure out why. Amir Rabbah, my time with Rav Yossi. Why is Rav Yossi Shita that a non, uh, that a Giyoris, you could be confident, is not pregnant? So the Gemara says, Kasavar Isha Mizan, Meshesh Abemaich, Kele Isha Litasavar. Rav Yossi, who's this? This is um, Rabbah. Rabbah says, very simple. A non-Jewish woman who's converting, she wants to be Jewish. So why would she want to be pregnant? So if she lives with her boyfriend, she'll just, she'll use a contraception. She'll use things that will um, make sure she's not pregnant. Because she doesn't want to be pregnant. She knows she's becoming Jewish. She wants to become Jewish. or She's not going to want a non-Jewish baby. Now here's the kasha. Out of all the cases, I get a non-Jew that converts. I get she doesn't want to become pregnant, so she'll prevent any pregnancy. A, 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 a captive woman who's going to become freed. I get it, because she knows she's going to become free. But one of the cases is a non-Jewish slave who becomes free. Now, one of the ways that a non-Jewish slave could become free is if she gets punched in the eye and she breaks her nose or whatever. Right? One of the shame v'ayin, right? One of the ways to free a non-Jewish slave is if, you, if, the, if the Jewish man punches her and breaks her tooth. She didn't know that that was going to happen. So how did she know not to become pregnant? Oh, because she knew. How did she know? It was sudden. So the Gemara says... I understand a Giyaris will not become pregnant because she intends to become Jewish. She'll make sure she's not pregnant because she wants to make sure that she knows if it's a Jewish baby or a non-Jewish baby. I get that. So therefore, if she lives with a non-Jewish, she's going to use protection. And in the case where a a non-Jewish slave knows she's going to be free. Or a non or a captive knows that she's going to be ransomed. She hears she's going to be ransomed. So if she lives with someone, she'll make sure that there's protection. I get that. But if she was just freed suddenly, how did she know? And the Gemara says, And if you say, well, maybe in that case, you have to wait three months. But it's not true. Rav Yossi added any woman that's raped. You don't have to wait three months. 
So it's even a bigger kasha. Like she didn't know that it was coming. So how, how, how did she know to, to not become pregnant? So the Gemara says, because we're assuming right now that the protection they'll do is they'll, 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 they'll insert something in their body before living with someone to pre- t- prevent the pregnancy. So you have to know before. In a case of rape or in a case of non-Jewish slavery, she didn't know she was going to become Jewish. So, The answer is there's a way, a post-living relations type of, it's like the after pill, like the pill afterwards. Like there's such a matzah. Right now you can have a pill afterwards that kills the, the zera. They had such a thing where after you live with someone, if you turn your body in a certain way, it kills the zera. So the answer is all these women don't become pregnant, meaning either she's a convert or she's a non-Jewish slave. She doesn't want to become pregnant as a non-Jewish, sl- as a non-Jewish slave with some guy. Or she was raped. All those situations, they'll do something to their body in such a way that will kill the pregnancy afterwards. Therefore, you can be confident. That's where Yossi is coming from. Rav Yehuda requires you to wait three months. Why? Why would Rav Yehuda say that? Doesn't Rav Yehuda agree that a woman would probably not want to become pregnant and probably do whatever she can to terminate the pregnancy? So the Gemara says, Rav Yehuda is concerned that maybe she didn't do the maneuver properly. Whatever this maneuver is, it's not a surgery, so maybe she didn't maneuver in such a way. So she actually, she, maybe she tried to not become pregnant, but... You know, it sounds like a good way to become pregnant. Yeah, it's it's probably uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a mitzvah. Now, just to finish up this parak, the Mishnah said that if one of these women, um, with the swap, right? So it was accidental. Accidental is in halacha like rape, right? She didn't know. It's not like, you know, it's not adultery. That's the point. So the halacha is the wife of a kohen. She can't go back. Because if the wife of a kohen is raped, the marriage is over. But the wife of Yisrael can go back. Now the Mishnah's lashon is imhayu kahanas, if she is a kahenas. That's not exactly accurate. It's not a matter of what she is. It's a matter of who she's married to. So the Gemara just wants to point this out. The Gemara says that the Mishnah said that if she's a kahenas, she can't go back to her husband. Like that's not true. It's it's not a matter of what she is. It's a matter of who she's married to. Like if she's married to a Yisrael, she could go back to her husband. So the mission is trying to convey that if she was raped or if it was an accidental relations, if her wife is a, if she's the wife of a kai and she can't go back, but it says kaihanois, so it's not exactly accurate. Kaihanois implies that she's a bas kayan. It doesn't matter what she is; it matters who she's married to. So the Gemara says kaihanois in Yisraelis loy imayu noshe kehanim. It means that she was married to a kayan, but if she was married to Yisrael, she's fine. And here's the kasha: even if she's married to a Yisrael, she's not fine. I'll tell you why. She's married to Yisrael and she gets raped, she can live with her husband. But if her husband dies, she's Pasal Kahuna. Meaning she can't marry a Kayan afterwards. Because that action disqualified her from ever being with a Kayan. So it's not 100% accurate also because it says if she's the wife of a Kayan, it's a problem. That's not true. It's a problem really if the wife of Yisrael also. It's just not a problem for this marriage, it's a problem for the next marriage. So it's not really 100% accurate. So the Gemara says, no, she can't no, she's You're telling me that if she's the wife of Yisrael, it's completely fine. Vomer of Amram, didn't Rav Amram say Hamilsa Amrlan Rav Sheshis? Rav Sheshis taught us Vaner Leiden Masis, and we learned it from the Mishnah. If a if a man, if a woman who's married to a Yisrael gets raped, Afal Pishim Uteres Labayla, even she could, even though she could stay with her husband, Pesul Kahuna, she's Pesul Kahuna. So why does the Mishnah say that if she's the wife of a Kayan, it's a problem? It's really a problem if you're the wife of Yisrael too. It's just not a problem for this marriage. It's a problem for the next marriage. So the Gemara says, you're right, change the Lashon. What it means is that if she's married, if she's a Kehanois, if she's a Kehanes, married to Yisrael, but she's not married yet, then the Halacha is, she's Pasal Truma, meaning, 
the wife of a Kayan, not the wife of a Kayan, a Kehenas, while she's married to Yisrael, she, 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 um, she's married to Yisrael, she obviously can't eat Truma because her husband's Yisrael, but the second she's divorced, she goes back to eating Truma. Except if she was raped. If she was raped, she can stay with her husband, but she can never eat Truma again afterwards. So when the Mishnah says that if she's the Bas Kayan, it's a problem, means that if she gets divorced, she can't eat Truma. Okay. Hadron Allah Arba Achen. Okay, new parak. Next page. Moving right along. Okay. Halach is like this. Chalitza and Yibam is not done on a pregnant woman. Obviously, because you don't know if she's pregnant. Like if she gives birth and it's a healthy baby, then she's exempt from anything. If she doesn't give birth or if she loses the baby, then she requires chalitzer yibum. So the halacha is, in general, we wait 90 days after the death to do anything because then we want to make sure that she's not pregnant. If she's pregnant, we wait. If she's not pregnant, then you do it. The question is, what this is? This first daf deals with the following scenario. What if you did chalitzer and yibum while she was pregnant? Meaning, you shouldn't have. The question is, now what do you do? First of all, does it matter what happens afterwards? Is it effective chalitza? Is it effective yibum? Yeah? That means you should wait 90 days after the husband dies, no matter what. Correct. Yes. They would always wait 90 days to ascertain whether she was pregnant. If she was pregnant, they would obviously have to wait till after the pregnancy to see if she delivered in a healthy way. If she was, if she's not showing after ninety days, then she she's not pregnant. You can do please even. So this Mishnah deals with. Are you saying that if the baby dies or doesn't make it, then she, she can still do yibum? She has to do yibum. If the baby dies, if it was a stillborn, meaning if the baby survives, then you know Chasson gets hit by a car. That's a different story. But if the baby never never delivered healthfully, healthfully, then then yeah, she she requires yibum chalitza. The question is, what if you did yibum and chalitza while she was pregnant? Then afterwards she loses the baby. Like Lima Freya, do we say that it was an effective Yibam or Chalitza? Do we say no, not at the time? That, that's what this mission is dealing with. The mission says, Let's say you did Chalitza before 90 days. You shouldn't have. And then you find that she's pregnant. So the question is, was it effective Chalitza? So the answer is, it depends. The Yalda, then she gives birth. If the baby is healthy, then what happens? Then your Chalitza was meaningless. Right? And because your chalitza is meaningless, when you do chalitza to someone, she becomes pasal kahuna. Uh, you can't marry her relatives. So you did chalitza while she was pregnant, then she gives birth. So if she gives birth to a healthy baby, then retroactively that chalitza was meaningless. So therefore, she's not pasal kahuna. You can marry her relatives because she was not a chalitza, because the chalitza was nothing, it was, it was meaningless. However, if the baby dies, then retroactively the chalitza was necessary, then then she's pasal kahuna. Because seemingly, retroactively, it was a valid chalitza because she lost the baby. So at the time, it was never really a pregnancy. That's the perception. That's by chalitza. Let's say you did yibam. Hakonis is yivimta v'nimtsumubaris. If you did yibam and then you find out that she's pregnant... Viyalda, and then she gives birth. Bizman if she gives birth to a healthy baby, Yotzi, then you have to divorce her because it turns out it wasn't Yibam at all. You were just living with your sister in law in a non case of Yibam. So you got to get divorced. Bechayvim Bekarban, you have to bring a Karban. However, if the baby dies, then she required Yibam, then Yikayim, you could stay with her. But what about the baby? Now, the problem is the baby, Safik ben Tisha Larish and Safik ben Shivla Achron, if you don't know who the father is, Right, because you lived with her, 
and then she gives birth, so it could be it was the previous baby, it could be it's yours, so then Yotzi, then you have to divorce her. I guess it, we'll have to figure out. It's such a situation where you can't ascertain the paternity. Then you have to divorce her. Vavlad kosher, but the child is going to be deemed kosher. The Gemara will explain why. The Chayavin Ba'ashim Talib, you have to bring an Ashim Talib. Okay. The, huh? Now, we'll, we'll, we'll analyze that part later on. Now, the definite theme of the Mishnah seems to be that if she loses the baby later, it was a valid chalitza, because that's why you, she's Pasal Kahuna from that action. And you could stay married to her if you did Yibam. So it seems that during the pregnancy, while you should not do Yibam or chalitza, if you did, and then she loses the baby, retroactively it was valid. That, that's definitely the theme if you just learn the mission on a very Pashib shot. Right? You understand? And if you did it, it seems to be a valid chalitza, because it says that she's Pasal Kahuna which equals chalutza. And it says that you can stay married to her, which seems to be a good yibam. The truth is, whether it's considered a valid chalitza or yibam is actually machleikas between Rav Yechon and Rish Lakish. That's the truth. And we're going to have to, we're going to bring down their shitas. We'll run through their shitas back and forth. And then we'll see that the Mishnah seems to be going like one, kasha, teretz, kasha, teretz. Okay. We've done about 10 minutes. It's, it's not a very long uh, second of the album. Itmar says the Gemara, You did chalitza to a pregnant woman and then she loses the baby. So the question is, so now she required chalitza the whole time. So the question is, was that chalitza valid? Retroactively. Rav Yechonon says it was a valid chalitza. She doesn't need anything. She's done. She doesn't need chalitza now because the chalitza that she did when she was pregnant is valid because she lost the baby. So retroactively, it was a valid chalitza. Rishlokashamatsrikhalitza says, no. Once she loses the baby, now she requires chalitza again. The first one was nothing. Now the Gemara explains, whether it was a valid chalitza. Rav Yochanan says, you don't need chalitza from the brothers when she loses the baby because. The chalitza of a pregnant woman and the yibum of a pregnant woman is valid once they lose the baby later on, then retroactively it's valid. That's Rav Yochanan's take, which again is the Pashup shot of how to read the Mishnah. Rishlokish disagrees. He says, no, the chalitza of a pregnant woman and the yibum of a pregnant woman is meaningless. And once they lose the baby, then they need chalitza then. Then they need yibum then. So Rishlokish is going to have to explain how the Mishnah works. Because according to Rish Lakish, pregnancy is nothing. Meaning once she's pregnant, you can't do anything to her. Whatever you did is meaningless. Okay? What's the machlogus about? They're arguing both in logic and in drushes. Let's go to the svara. said, when this woman was pregnant, yeah? So you're not going to do Yim and Chalitza L'chachir, you shouldn't do Yim and Chalitza. What if Eliyahu and Avi were to come and say, I'm telling you in the future she will lose the baby. Would you not say that she requires Yim and Chalitza now? You'd probably say, yeah. So retroactively, meaning the point is pregnancy is not a deterrent. Pregnancy is just we don't know what will be. But, but it's not like you can't do Yim on a pregnant woman. It's just that if she's going to give birth, she's not a Yavama. But once she loses the baby, then retroactively she always required Yim and Chalitza. That's Rav Yechan's but it is no. His point is that it's not like a woman who's pregnant is inherently rejected from Yim Rechalitza. It's just that because she might be the mother of a baby, she might not be the right candidate. But once she loses the baby, then you realize retroactively she was a candidate the whole time. 
Rish Lakish responds, no, we don't say that. We don't look backwards. We deal with it as is. As a pregnant woman, you can't do it. Once you lose the baby, now she's eligible. We don't say, oh, retroactively she was always eligible the whole time. That's the argument in Svar. Then the Gemara says they also argue in a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, you do Yibman, a woman that doesn't have a baby. Did she have a baby? No, because she lost it. So retroactive, but she never had a baby. Rishlaki says, no, Rishlaki says, no. It says, she doesn't have a son, you have to look into it. Meaning, once she's pregnant, she's rejected. She might have a baby. That's the Machlekes. Okay. Now here's the problem. Again, Rav Yechanan holds that it's a valid chalitza. When you're done pregnant, if she loses the baby later. Quick Shiloh. Yeah. If we're concerned, why would we be concerned about, going back to the Mishnah, why would we be concerned about who the baby belonged to if she was already pregnant and then presumably the baby, you know, what did live, whatever, if the guy had was just doing Yibam already? No, then, the case is, you're right, in that last case, it's a, the last case where we're not, we're questioning the paternity, is a case where he lived with her within 90 days, but she wasn't showing yet. You're right, if she's showing, it's a good point. I, I should have made that clear. If she's showing when he lives with her, so he, he did an Avera, and then she gives birth, then that baby's not his. So then he just has to divorce her, but the baby's not his. Baby's not a mom's baby. The case of the Mishnah at the end where it says you have to, you have to separate and we don't know what to do with the baby is when he lived with her a week after she lost her husband. We don't know if she was showing at the time. I mean, you're right. It's, it's a good point. I should have made that clear. Right, okay. So the kash is like this. Rav Yechanan holds that it's a valid chalitza. Our Mishnah kind of sounds like that, because what does our Mishnah say? If you did chalitza and then she gives birth and then she, and then she loses the baby, she's pasla kahuna. Pasla kahuna means valid chalitza. So, right. by the way, Rish Lakish is going to respond, it's not a valid chalitza. It's pasla kahuna to chumrah. Meaning it's not a valid chalitza, it's just more machmer. Because you did it, we're going to pass you kahuna. That's, that's how to... Hey, Svei, Rav Yechon and Rish Lakish. Rav Yechon and Rish Lakish the following question. The Mishnah says, Ein avlat shel kayyam. If she loses the baby, Hu aser b'kreve v'seav yesu b'kreve v'pasal makuna. She's pasal kahuna. Pasal kahuna means it's a valid chalitza. Right? Because if the chalitza was nothing, why is she pasal kahuna? Pasukuna equals chalitza. Bishlai melididi says Rabbi Yechanan, according to me, the Amina chalitza is mubarish chalitza. That I said a chalitza of a person is a valid chalitza. A chalitza of a pregnant woman is valid once she loses the baby retroactively. Mishamachi pasla. That makes sense why she's pasukuna. Eladidach, but according to you, damar chalitza mubarish loishma chalitza. But according to you, that the chalitza of a pregnant woman is meaningless. It's nothing. You wasted your time. Then am I pasukuna? Then why is she pasul? The answer is it's not a valid chalitza. So why is she pasla kahuna? We're machmaran. It's like a knas, like a penalty. It's not a valid chalitza, but you shouldn't have done that. And because you did it, pasli kahuna. Because we don't want people to get confused. But the truth is, it's not a valid chalitza. That's how Rish Lakish understands the mission. Ikadamri, some have a reversed version of who asked what. Eisvei Rish Lakish or Yochanan. According to this version, Rish Lakish is now asking Rav Yechon from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, "Ein avat shel kayama who I serve kravi sel v'yesu b'kravi b'pasul kahuna bishleim l'dadidi d'amin echalitzes v'aleishem echalitzes hanitani pasul makuna lechumra v'loikatani enetzir chalitz menachem el didach enetzir chalitz achem yboile." Yeah, according to this version, Rish Lakish is asking the kasha. The Mishnah is talking about a case where you did chalitza to a pregnant woman and then she loses the baby. So, what does the Mishnah say? She's pasul kahuna. Says Rish Lakish, that kind of sounds like me, that it's not a valid chalitza and we're just being machmer. Because if you actually believe it's a valid chalitza, you shouldn't say it's posel guhuna. You, you should say, she's yotza chalitza. She doesn't need chalitza anymore. Eina tzricha chalitza min Meaning, 
if you're trying to portray that she's already done, she's covered, you could say she's Pasla Kahuna, which is like like a very from way of like, oh, she's Pasla Kahuna, and you only Pasla Kahuna if you had Chalitza. You should just say, she's Yotza. Yotza. Mutar. Like that. So Rishlokish says, to, kind of sounds like me, because it says Pasla Kahuna, which sounds like it's just a stringency. Because according to you, it shouldn't say Pasla Kahuna, it should say, Eina Tricha Chalitza. She's done. So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Yochan responds, Enochanami, I tell you, Rishlai, Pasatani, Sainavas. You're right, it should have said that, but it, it said Pasal in the beginning, so it said Pasal at the end. Uh, you're, you're right. Uh, the the, the, the Lashon is not Medotok. Okay, Eisvei, second Kasha from the Mishnah, Rabbi Yochan, Rishlakish, then it said in the Mishnah, Enavlad Shel Kayama. Okay, so then it said regarding Yivam, yeah? It said that if you lived with a woman when she's pregnant and she loses the baby, the Mishnah said, Yekayim, you could stay with her. Yeah? That kind of sounds like it was a valid Yibum. The truth is, says Rabbi Yechanan, oh, you see me? You see like me? That it's a valid Yibum. It says, Yekayim, you could stay with her. According to Rish Lakish, you know what it should say? It shouldn't say Yekayim, it should say, Yase Yibum. Yekayim just means you could stay married. Do you live with her? Do you not? I don't care. But according to Rabbi Yechanan, says that kind of sounds like it's a valid Yibum. Because according to you, that it's not a valid Yibum. You shouldn't say Yekayim. Yekayim means you could stay with her. Not Yekayim. Yase yibum now. Like, Yekayim just means, like, stay married. It shouldn't say stay married. It should say live with her. Meaning, staying married implies you already did it. Now you're just a happily ever after. It's not happily ever after. Do the mitzvah now. You understand? So it's... it's the Mishnah says, Einavad Shalkayim, regarding yibum, that if you do yibum on a pregnant woman and then she loses the baby, Yekayim, you could stay with her. According to me, it makes sense. You've already done yibum. You don't have to say do the mitzvah. The mitzvah is already done. The only thing that can be said is stay with her. Meaning you could stay with her. But according to you, that the bia of a pregnant woman is invalid, it should say do yibum now. It doesn't say yakayim. It should say do yibum now. So the Michael says, that's what it means. When it says Yekayim, it means stay with her. It means do Yibam. Live with her. Now, that's the answer. Again, so the Lush is not good. Now, Ikadami, some have the opposite version. Some have the opposite version. What did the Mishnah say? You lived with a pregnant woman. You did be a, a Yibam on a pregnant woman that she loses the baby. What does the Mishnah say? Yekayim. Rishlokish says, that kind of sounds like me, that you didn't do the mitzvah yet. So it says, Yekayim, live with her. According to you, you already did the mitzvah. Why Yekayim? You could divorce her. Yekayim implies you have to stay with her. You don't have to stay with her. You already did the mitzvah. She's your wife now. You could stay with her. You could divorce her. It should say, Ratzah Yekayim, Ratzah Yotzi. It shouldn't, Yekayim implies like you have to stay with her. You only have to stay with her if you didn't do the mitzvah yet. If you've already done the mitzvah, no one would tell a married man, you have to stay with your wife. You don't have to do anything. You could stay, you get divorced. It depends how it's going. So according to Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish says, the fact that the Mishnah says Yekayim, Yekayim kind of sounds like me, that you didn't do the mitzvah yet. Yeah. So the Gemara says, he says, Enochanami. You're right. It said in the beginning, so it said Yikayim at the end. You're right. One more question. Again, Rav Yechon and Rish were arguing about Chalitza, whether the Chalitza of a pregnant woman is valid. We always assumed that they would say the same thing about Bia, the Yibam. Okay. But it says in the Brisa, 
Hakainis is Yevimtai, you do Yibam on a, a woman, Venims is Muberis, then you find out she's pregnant. Hareza lo tinase tsarasa. The co wife is not free. Why? Shemi Yehivlad ben Kayama, because maybe she'll give birth. Uh, pause. If she gives birth, then the co wife is definitely free. We have two wives. They, you need a Yibam or Chalitza by one of them to free both, right? So you lived with one of them, you find out she's pregnant. So they said the co-wife, she's like, I'm going to go because you did even ready. Like, well, hold up. She might give birth to a healthy baby. So the Gemara's like, well, if she gives birth to a healthy baby, then she definitely is free because then there was no yibum to begin with. So the Gemara says, No, 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 what it means is like this. You tell the co-wife, you sit here, you stay here. Why? You live, she's like, but you live with the, the woman. She's pregnant, and she might lose the baby. And if she loses the baby, then what? What do you see? If she loses the baby, then it was nothing. Then I need Yibam now. And that's what you tell the co-wife. You're not free yet. She's like, what do you mean? You lived, you're living with the co-wife. Yeah, and says, she's pregnant. And if she loses the baby, then it turns out what I did is meaningless. And I got to do Yibam and Chalitza again. So you, you sit right tight. So what do you see? You see that the Yibam of a pregnant woman is nothing. It's like Rish Lakish. So the Gemara says, uh, uh, the Gemara says, and if you think that the yibum of a pregnant woman is, is valid, then why can't she go free? She's, she should say, listen, I'm going free anyway. I'll tell you why. If she gives birth to a healthy baby, you should never have married her. I'm out. I was never falling to yibum. And if she gives birth and she loses the baby, then you already did yibum. You lived with her, according to Rabbi Yochanan. So you see the fact, you see from this that the bia of a pregnant woman is meaningless. So the Gemara says, Amr Abaya, you're right. Th- this is again, this is a kash on Rav Yochanan, because Rav Yochanan said the chalitza of a pregnant woman is valid. Over here you see Araya, the yibum of a pregnant woman is valid. So the Gemara says, so it's, it's not like, again, Rav Yochanan said the chalitza of a pregnant woman is valid. We projected, we assumed he would say the same thing about yibum. The yibum of a pregnant woman is valid. The problem is this b'risa clearly indicates the yibum of a pregnant woman is not valid. So it's not like Rav Yochanan. So you know what Abaya says? Rav Yochanan never said yibum. He only said chalitza. So all Rav Yochanan said is that the chalitza of a pregnant woman is valid. I don't know what he would say about Yibam. I, this Bryce says the Yibam of a pregnant woman is not valid, not like Rav Yochanan. He never said Yibam. He said chalitza. By Yibam, everyone agrees it's not valid. Everyone agrees that the Yibam, that if you live with a woman who's pregnant, it's not a valid Yibam, even if she loses the baby. The argument is only about Chalitza. Meaning, everyone agrees that the Yibam that you do on a pregnant woman is invalid. The whole Machlaikis is... Headphones broke. The whole Machlaikis is... What, whether chalitza is valid. But Yibam, everyone agrees, is invalid. Here's the kasha. Why? <laughs> Why? Meaning, let, let's analyze, okay, Rish Lakish makes sense. He's consistent. He thinks that everything's invalid when she's pregnant. When she's pregnant, she is not eligible. What happens afterwards is afterwards, but you, we don't go backwards. We don't say retroactively. But according to Rav Yochanan, she asked Rav Yochanan right now, what's, the, what's his shita? You live with a woman who's pregnant and then she loses the baby. Was it a valid yibam retroactively? No. You do chalitza on a woman who's pregnant, she loses the baby. Was it a valid yibam retroactively? Yes. Why? What's the difference? If you're willing to go retroactive, go retroactive. If you're not willing to go retroactive, then don't. Like, you're either in or you're out. Right? It, to quote the, the great Michael Kay 
from the Yankee Sports Network. He always says, you can't be half pregnant, like, which works for these sheets. It's like, either retroactive is valid or not. I, I don't get, like, for Khalid's is valid, not for Yivam. Well, why? What's the svar in that? What's the rationale behind that? It doesn't make sense. Like, what? It, just, it just doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara speaks it out. The Gemara says, Kasha. The Gemara says, Armele Rava. Rava said to Abaya, again, Abaya was the one who said that Rav Yochanan said his shita only regarding Chalitza. The Chalitza retroactively is valid, but Yibam is not. So Rava said this, said the Manavshach, Manavshach, like I don't get it. Chalitza, treated the same. It's either valid or it's not. So if it's a valid retroactively for Chalitza, it should be valid retroactively for Yibam. And if it's not valid retroactively, it shouldn't be valid retroactively for Chalitza. Like I, I don't see, I don't see the svara to be mechalik. That's Rav's kasha, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. That that that's his cliffhanger. That's his tiyufta to Abaya, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Is the reason?